Word for You is presented by Grace Point Church in Lakewood, Ohio. We are located at the intersection of Warren and Alger and welcome you to visit us in person or online at gracepointlakewood.com. That's G-R-A-C-E-P-O-I-N-T-E-L-A-K-E-W-O-O-D.com. Listen to podcasts of sermons from our pastor, Mike Bartolone, and various guest pastors. You will see that grace is always the point, and you are always welcome. little verse, it's small little scripture verse, easy one to memorize. Amen? Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I say rejoice. It leads us to what I believe if we do that consistently, which is a big thing for all Christians to learn consistency. But when we learn consistency, consistency of rejoicing, it will lead us into, I believe, what, I, what the Bible calls a joy-filled life. And if there's anything that will combat all the craziness that's going on in our world, it's going to be joy. And we know that joy is different than happiness. Happiness happens because of circumstance, but joy is something that lives within us. Because Jesus is the man of joy. Amen? I want to read to you. I brought my arsenal of Bibles are up here. I want to read to you out of the Message Bible. Uh Uh-huh. You can stay in your translation, that's fine. But I want to, I like the way it's uh, translated in Philippians. Same thing again. You know what, anybody have what pages? No, I'm just teasing. So Philippians chapter 4, the Message Bible, verse 4, and I'm going to read down to verse 9. It says, celebrate God all day. Every day. (laughs) Every day. Amen? All day, every day. Say all day, every day. And he says, I mean revel in him. Amen? Make it as clear as you can to all you meet that you're on their side. Amen? Amen? working with them and not against them, help them see that the master is about to arrive. He could show up any minute, you know. Don't fret or worry. And instead of worrying, pray. Let petitions and praises shape your worries into prayers. Let petitions and praises shape your worries into prayers. Letting God know your concerns. Amen? And before you know it, a sense of God's wholeness, everything coming together for good will come and settle you down. It's wonderful what happens when Christ displays, displaces worry at the center of your life. Summing it all up, friends... I'd say you do best by 
filling your minds and meditating on these things. Things that are true, noble, reputable, authentic, compelling, and gracious. The best, not the worst. The beautiful, not the ugly. Things to praise, not things to curse. Put it into practice what you learned from me and what you heard and saw and realized. Do that. And God, who makes everything work together, will work you into his most excellent harmonies. Isn't that beautiful? Each of us in Christ are beautiful works of art. Matthew 9, 21, in the New Living Translation, it says, For she thought, say thought. Thinking is so important. Do you know the average person thinks 50,000 thoughts a day? The average person thinks 50,000 thoughts a day. Some of you who's probably hearing that is probably wearing you out just thinking about it. <laughs> I, need, I need to go sit down and rest. I need a break. Because <laughs> she said, if I can just touch his robe... I will be healed. Let's go to Ephesians now. But Ephesians 2.10 says, God, you, you are, we are God's masterpiece. But I want to start in verse 5 and then read to verse 22 in the New Living Translation. It says, verse 5, 2, 5 Ephesians 2.5, New Living Translation, says that even while we were dead, because of our sins, he gave us life when he raised Christ from the dead. It is only by God's specific favor that you have been saved. For he raised us from the dead along with Christ. I mean, you know, Jesus rose from the dead a long time ago. <laughs> We've been saved a long time. And we are seated with him. In the heavenly realms, all because we are one with Christ Jesus. Everything I'm talking about, rejoicing or joy, whatever I'm talking about, is all about because we're in Christ. We're heirs of everything he has. Amen? And all because we are one with Christ Jesus. That's the end of verse 6. And verse 7 says, And so God can always point to us, as examples of the incredible wealth of his favor and kindness towards us, as shown in all that he has done for us through Christ Jesus. That's powerful to understand and to read. I mean, that's why, to me, I can't read it enough. I can't read it enough about what God has done. I can't read enough about the promises of God. They're so incredible, they're exceptionable. They're exceptional. It's unbelievable what he's done for us. Amen? In verse 8, it says, God saved you by his special favor when you believed. And you can't take credit for this. It is a gift from God. You can't say you did anything except I believe. I believe. Amen? Salvation is not a reward for the good things we have done. Amen? It's not a reward for the good things we have done. So none of us can boast about it, for we are God's masterpiece. 
We are God's work of art. And what he started, he'll complete. Amen? He has created us anew in Christ Jesus so that we can do the good things he planned for us long ago. And don't forget that you Gentiles used to be outsiders by birth. But you were called the uncircumcised ones by the Jews who were proud of their circumcision even though it affected only their bodies and not their hearts. In those days you were living apart from Christ. You, you were excluded from God's people, Israel, and you did not know the promise God had made to them. You lived in this world without God and without hope. But now... You belong to Christ Jesus. But now, you belong to Christ Jesus. And though you, were, you once were far away from God, now you have been brought near to him because of the blood of Jesus Christ. Blood of Christ. For verse 14, for Christ himself has made peace between us Jews and you Gentiles by making us all one people. I wish the church could get this. Because then the church could stop elevating Jews above Gentiles. We're one in Christ. We're all one. Amen? Amen. He has broken down the wall of hostility that used to separate us. And by his death, he ended the whole system of Jewish law that excluded the Gentiles. It's done. Why do we keep resurrecting things that are done? It's done. Amen? His purpose was to make peace between the Jews and the Gentiles by creating in himself one new person from two groups. Together as one body, Christ reconciled both groups to God by means of his death, and a hostility to each other was put to death. And he has brought this good news of peace. And that's what I'll be talking about next week. A peace that rules our heart because of the finished work of Christ. The good news of peace to you Gentiles who were far away from him and to us Jews who were near. And now all of us, both Jews and Gentiles, may come to the Father through the same Holy Spirit because of what Christ has done for us. Wow. And so now you Gentiles are no longer strangers and foreigners. You are citizens along with all of God's holy people. You are members of God's family and we are his house built on the foundation of the apostles and the prophets and the cornerstone is Christ Jesus himself. And we who believe are carefully joined together, becoming a holy temple for the Lord. And through him, you Gentiles are also joined together as a part of his dwelling where God lives by his spirit. That's a lot of good news there to this Bible now. Let's go to Isaiah 12, verse 1. But the whole gospel is right here. Right here. The good news is right here. How many know the book of Isaiah is 66 books? 66 chapters. 
I mean, the Bible has 66 books. Little coincidence. I know it just means nothing. Isaiah 12, verse 1. And in that day you will say, O Lord, I will praise you. Though you were angry with me, your anger is turned away and you comfort me. How was the anger of God turned away? The death of Jesus Christ. Our salvation. Marie made that thing when she talked this morning about Ezekiel 28. Do you remember she said Ezekiel 28? And then she said, well, then she went right to the cross. To the sacrifice of the Lord and said, it's all, it's all done now. Behold, God is my salvation and I will trust and not be afraid. For Yah, the Lord, is my strength and song. I heard Andrew, Andrew Womack use the word Yah this week at least five times on TV. He is my strength and song, and he has also become my salvation. Verse 3, therefore with joy, with joy you will draw water from the wells of salvation. See, salvation is not a shallow thing. It has well. How many's ever been in a well? How many know what wells are deep? And they could have several different layers, actually, when you go down. I know of a well. Somebody, somebody drew a well once and showed it to me, and at the bottom of the well was a river, a river of life that flowed under the well. And in that day you will say, Praise the Lord. Call upon his name. Boy, there is power in praise. There is power in praise. Declare his deeds among the peoples. Make mention that his name is exalted. Sing to the Lord, verse 5, for he has done excellent things, and this is known in all the earth. Cry out and shout. Shout. We were shouting today. Shout. Amen. Why do we blow the shofars? Because it helps us shout. Helps us shout. And it expels the power of God. Throws it out there. Gets it out. For he has done excellent things. Cry out and shout, O inhabitant of Zion, for great is the Holy One of Israel in your midst. And he's more than in our midst at this point. He's in our bodies. Amen? You know what the God showed me after I read this scripture? He said, joy is the access point to receive anything from God. Joy is your access, access point to receive anything from God. Doesn't the Bible say the joy of the Lord is our strength? I mean, protect it at all costs. Therefore, with joy, you will draw waters from the wells of salvation. In Christ, and I also had this, this thing come to me, this thought, and, I, and I, I, just, I had to dwell on it almost all week, but it says, in Christ, our wings already exist. We don't have to wait for the bells to get our wings. How many ever watched Wonderful Life? But in Christ, our wings already exist. All we need to do is fly. We could fly in the Spirit. But dwell on getting to know who you are in Christ. Very vital, very important. 
Because that will bring incredible joy to your life. Once you start studying it, memorizing it, it'll bring incredible joy to your life. And when you wake up in the morning, do you believe that God has great plans for your future that day? Because I believe he does. I'll give you a quick scripture. It's not even on the list, but it's Jeremiah 29.11. His thoughts towards you are not of evil, but of good. And a hope and a future. Amen? Why is this important? Because we often act today as though tomorrow doesn't hold much promise. However, once we believe and accept how God thinks of us, something amazing, great begins to happen in our lives. How you think is very important. Actually, it will alter the way you behave and think. And you will begin to live a life of gratitude and thanksgiving. (laughs) When it comes to us believing that God has good plans for us, we need to make a decision based on the truths about us in Christ. Remember, it's us in Christ that makes the difference. Before us in Christ, we were in the world, and we had no hope. We had no hope. Those, they have no hope. But the cornerstone of a joy-filled life comes when we choose gratitude like we choose rejoicing as a lifestyle. It's a choice, but we have to choose to live it. Amen? And that's what we learned last week. We learned that rejoice is a choice. And today I like to include gratitude as the same. Gratitude is a choice. And what I mean by this is that gratitude is a conscious and deliberate decision to focus on life's blessings than rather on its shortcomings. And boy, you can get shot down real easy with all the shortcomings that are going around today. But gratitude is a love letter to you about Zoe life that you need to write each day. See, life will always have shortcomings. And it will always have virtues. But when you focus on your blessings, your life feels abundant. Now, when you focus on what's missing, life feels incomplete. Where you point the spotlight of your attention is purely a matter of choice. Will you point it at the blessings of God, the favor of God, the goodness of God, or will you point it at the lack? what you don't have. See, when you point that, it's important. The power of gratitude is undeniably immense, and without a doubt, a perpetual spirit of thankfulness is the central ingredient into the, in the recipe for a joy-filled life. If you're grateful, nothing will stop you. You will draw more joy out of your life your business, your career, your ministry, your family, your friends, and out of all the other aspects of your existence when you make a commitment to become an openly and overtly grateful person. Giving thanks. Amen? Gratitude is also an effective antidote to most negative emotions. You cannot experience gratitude and hostility at the same time. You have to make a choice. The more things you appreciate today, the more things you will notice tomorrow to be grateful for. On the flip side, the less appreciative you are today, the fewer blessings you will tend to acknowledge tomorrow. Own your joy. Be who God made you, his masterpiece, his joy bringer. You bring joy to the room. You bring joy to what's around you. You're a joy bringer. Now you have to learn how to release it. 
You got to get it out. You can't just stand there and go. <laughs> Don't think you're nuts. You're saying, well, I'm just full of joy. Well, you got to release it. You know? I don't know about you, but when I go to the sink to wash my hands, I got to hit the dispenser. That thing won't come out unless I hit the top. You could stand there and look at the thing for eight hours. It ain't moving. It ain't coming out. The same thing with the faucet. How I many you got to open your faucet? Of course, they've got faucets now by mowing that you can just touch. Pretty soon you'll just stand there and they'll say, oh, I know what you want. I'll turn on. Thing will just come on because you're standing in front of it. But we need to be joy bringers and joy release releasers. In Romans 8.19, in the Passion Translation, Romans 8.19, it says, this is what it says. It says, the entire universe is standing on tiptoe, yearning to see the unveiling of God's glorious sons and daughters. The entire universe is standing on tiptoe to see the unveiling of God's glorious sons and daughters. It's amazing. See, life's camera is rolling. And now is the time to make a choice. Decide to decide. I used to like a guy on TV. He used to say all the time, deal or no deal? Deal or no deal? And that's the moment of truth. Are you ready to take a leap of joy? I am. Deal or no deal? It's your choice. Every morning you get up, deal or no deal? Are you going to be grateful, thankful? Are you going to praise him, enjoy him, celebrate him all day? <laughs> Proverbs 23, 7 in the Passion Translation says, For as he thinks or she thinks within themselves, so are they. As you think, so you are. Amen? See, a positive thinker sees the invisible, feels the intangible, and achieves the impossible. Amen. A positive thinker. A positive thinker. See, progress toward joy begins the same way with a firm decision to cut back on joy-reducing thoughts and increase joy-producing thoughts. In short, you have to change your mental diet. Someone said recently to me, we are born in one day. How many know they're right? How many know it didn't take 10 days to be born? Just one day. Amen? In fact, we die in one day. We can change in one day. And we can fall in love in one day. But anything can happen in just one day. See, joy is a state of mind that must be purposely cultivated if you are to live and love the influence of God as God intended. Fortunately, joy does not depend on outer conditions of your material world or your material life, but rather on the inner condition of your mental life. As a man thinks, so are they. Amen? See, joy is the result of something Strikingly simple. 
though not necessarily easy, consistently thinking, joy-producing thoughts. May I ask, is this within your grasp? Is it even possible for anyone to accomplish? And before you answer, let me remind you that few endeavors worth pursuing come easily to anyone, and the attainment of a joy-filled spirit is no exception. Because you have a choice every time you get up in the morning. Are you going to be filled with God's joy, celebrate him, or are you going to get up and grump about having to go to work again? When you don't want to, your body don't want, your body don't want to go. Amen? I, you can ask my wife how many times I have to go do something, I say, I don't want to go. Right, babe? But I go. <laughs> but there are risks in shooting for the gold standard of faith in action. There are There's a high price to be paid, and it must be in advance. And since we are all free to choose what we think about, you have billions of options. If you're thinking 50,000 thoughts in a day, you have billions of options. And what specific thoughts should you increase to become joy-filled? Here's some examples. Think excellent thoughts, not mediocre thoughts. Think loving thoughts, not indifferent thoughts. You have a choice. Think helpful thoughts, not hurtful thoughts. Think faith thoughts, not fear thoughts. I'll tell you what, you turn on the TV, I don't care what channel you're on, I don't care where you're at. You get on social media, I don't care what you're watching or what you're listening to. Fear is being sent out into our world today to the public. And if you're not on any of those things, you say, I don't watch TV, I don't do this, you can get it from people just standing up right, right in front of you. They'll give you fear. Something to come out of their mouth that'll make you feel like ain't, that ain't right. So we've got to have 24-hour church. <laughs> Think giving thoughts, not getting thoughts. Think about how you can give, because the DNA of God is to give. John 3, 16, for God so loved the world, he gave. That's a DNA, and that should be our DNA. Think grateful thoughts, not entitled thoughts. I'll tell you, that changed the world. Think abundant thoughts, not lacking thoughts. Think responsible thoughts, not irresistible thoughts. Think thoughts of victory, not thoughts of defeat. Think about the promise of God, the promises of God, not the problems of this world. So as we think, so are we. So this is required for joy-filled living. The outside world of circumstance shapes itself to the inner world of thought, and both pleasant and unpleasant external conditions are factors which make for the ultimate good of an individual. See, you are a reaper of what you think, your thoughts. And as you adopt a lifestyle of rejoicing always in thinking thoughts of who you are in Christ as sons and daughters, kings and priests, his family, his kingdom, you will start experiencing more of the bliss of joy-filled living as you think. But if you're just thinking, it's just another day. I get up. I brush my teeth. I eat a breakfast. But start today, release the need to hang on to the thoughts that haven't worked well for you. Amen? We all have a choice. 
<laughs> living in a joy-filled life by God's grace. The secret to living an exceptional life tomorrow is thinking strong, joyful thoughts today. See, quality ideas and limitless possibilities that will set you free and allow you to thrive as God's intended you. See, the invisible battle you wage against your human nature will be won or lost in your thinking, in your mind. The invisible battle you wage against your human nature will be won or lost in your mind. Let me give you some example on that. 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 3, New King James, it says, For we walk in the flesh, we do not war according to the flesh. For though we walk in the flesh, we do not war according to the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty in God for pulling down strongholds. What are strongholds? How you think. But mighty in God for pulling down strongholds. Casting down, verse 5, arguments and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, bringing every thought... And it could be as many as 50,000 in one day. Bringing every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ and being ready to punish all disobedience when your obedience is fulfilled. Minute by minute, hour by hour, in the hidden workshop of your minds, we are constructing thoughts of good and evil, joy or depression, success or failure. You are writing your own life story with each subtle thought you think. And almost everything that happens to you, good or bad, originates with how you think. As a person thinks, so are they. Our thoughts even affect the cells in our bodies. Thoughts can influence your sleep, your digestion, your pulse the chemical makeup of your blood and all other body functions. See, every thought, every thought steers you either towards your God-given potential and abundant joy or away from it. Every thought, every thought will either point you towards God or point you towards somewhere else. Every thought. And you are never on the fence like people, I'm on the fence. I, what, what, do you, what do you believe about God? I'm on the fence. You are never on the fence. What do you think about Jesus? I'm neutral on that. I'm in the neutral zone. Leave me alone. Ain't no neutral zone. There ain't no on the fence. Every individual's thoughts matter. Unfortunately, Roughly 90% of, of the thoughts you have today are rerun from yesterday. 90%. Or the day before. Or the month before. Or the year before. Jesus, Jesus. And then we come to the scripture that you all know by heart, 2 Corinthians 5.17, that says, old things are passed away. Are they? We can't get out of that old thought that keeps telling us this is who we are. 
Behold, all things have become new. Have they? Convince me. Convince me. And if we want to maximize our potential for joy, we must first discipline ourselves mentally. Amen. How we think. Right. How we think. And it's my, our, your responsibility. And we must immediately take ownership for everything we think. Then God can honor our faith and empower us to live a life of excellence if we so choose to think that way. Make the shift from random reactive thinking to spirit-driven thinking led by the Holy Spirit. Romans chapter 8. Holy Spirit-led living. Think the thoughts you would think if you truly and wholeheartedly trusted and believe all of God's 7,700 promises in the Bible. What, what, was I too short on them? I didn't say 10. I didn't say 50. I didn't say 500. I said 7,700 promises in your Bible. That'll keep you busy for a lifetime. Amen. I'm, I'm happy just leaving here today and taking that one phrase, he will not fail me. I sought the Lord and he answered. Amen? Think the thoughts you would think. Refuse to become bent out of shape. Help me. Refuse to become bent out of shape and with everyday inconveniences, everyday delays, and everyday disappointments. Refuse to become bent out of shape. See, turn your mountains into mole, you turn your mountains into molehills by discussing God more than your difficulties. You have authority over your thoughts. But God will not force you to exercise this aspect of your free will any more than he will compel you to exercise regularly to eat a healthy diet, read the Bible, or wear your seatbelt when you get in the car. If you tell me you have never struggled to put on your seatbelt, I won't believe you. Never struggled. See, right thinking is a choice you have to make for yourself. But I just said seatbelt, but I also mentioned reading your Bible. And I also mentioned eating a healthy diet. If you are intentional and persistent, you can select your thoughts and in so doing, shape your life here on earth into something spectacular. Amen. Because God says we are more than conquerors in Christ Jesus. More than conquerors. Boy, if we believed that and lived that every day, a lot of nonsense would be gone. Amen? See, the alternative is to give up this ability and instead live a life of happenstance dominated by uncertainty and suspense. I can't. I'll just wait and see what happens. How many live to wait and see what happens day by day? Never make a choice to get up in the morning and celebrate God all day. Amen? Romans chapter 12, verses 1 and 2. I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies. Now, included in the body is your thinking, okay? A living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, 
which is your reasonable service. It's the least you can do. It's the smallest thing possible that you can do. And do not be conformed to this world. Uh-oh, we got a problem. We got a problem. And do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what it is the good and acceptable and perfect will of God. How does transform, transform, transformation happen? With the mind that's on Christ. Amen? See, improvement is preceded by improved thinking. More joy follows more joyful thinking. Allow God to retrain your thoughts and feelings, and the experience will be God's best for your life. God's best. How many want God's best? Then think joyful thoughts. Amen? Because gratitude and rejoicing is a choice of a lifestyle. Gratitude releases joy. Gratitude takes you from a turbulence to a peacefulness, from a stagnation to a creativity. Gratitude takes your heart to joy, and it is the cornerstone of an unstoppable attitude that continually praises God. Exceptional gratitude is the practice of relentless praise and thanksgiving. Living with joy is our birthright in Christ. Living with joy is our birthright in Christ. See, as God's sons and daughters, we are rightful heirs to the blessings of overflowing joy. Be that joy bringer for others and release that joy around you. Joy is alive within us and we must release it. Uh, This is in Psalm 90, verse 14, the Passion Translation. It says, let the sunrise of your love and our dark night. Break through our clouded dawn again. Only you can satisfy our hearts, filling us with songs of joy, joy unspeakable to the end of our days. Amen? 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 Yeah. Thank you for picking us up and turning us around and putting our feet back on solid ground because I thank you. I thank the Master. I thank the Father. I thank you, Savior. I thank you, King of Kings. I thank you, Lord of Lords. Oh, he is mighty. He is mighty indeed. Wanting a place to hide this weary soul, this bag of bones. I try with all my might, but I just can't. When the fight, I'm slowly drifting. A vagabond definitely can't do it in my own strength, (laughs) but just when.
the same.